This is Live La Bella Vita with your host, Don Catherine. If you're looking to know all the latest beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. Do you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense? This is your show. It's Live La Bella Vita on Toginet with Don Catherine. If you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes from the vine to the bottle, if you love Italian food and want to learn Nana's recipes, you enjoy travel and want to know the best luxury destinations and resorts, love spending time with La Familia, does your business or passion allow you to live La Bella Vita? Let's find out. All that and a little more with an Italian flair. This is Live La Bella Vita on Togina.com. And now, here's your host, Don Catherine. Benvenuto and welcome to the Bella Vita show. I am Don Catherine, your hostess with the mostess. I hope you have poured yourself a big old glass of wine and are ready for another great show tonight. If you're listening to me live, thanks for joining. If you're listening to me on a downloaded podcast, thanks for doing so. If you didn't know that you could do that, you absolutely can by going to toginet.com, looking up the La Bella Vita show, and uh, just go and download any of my past shows. You can also head on over to iTunes and put in my name, Don Catherine, or the name of the show, La Bella Vita. Scroll on down to podcast and subscribe there. You will get all of my shows that I have done in the past. And if you like any of the things that my introductions have said about food and wine and travel and fashion, then you really need to go and download them and listen to them because they are all fabulous. So what are we going to be talking about tonight? So last week we talked about some really cool places and different places around the world that you should go and travel to. Tonight is kind of on the same track, but this time we're going to be talking about some of the greatest places that you can go around the world for food and wine festivals around the world. And literally, I am taking you from Peru to Scandinavia to Belgium uh, there's like no place that you're not going to find on this list. And I really think that you're going to want to go. So, um, although Belgium is typically really not a country anymore. Uh, anyway, uh, so anyway, what is going on in the world? So much is literally going on like in the last like couple of hours in the news. It's kind of crazy. First of all, I just want to say that I'm dedicating this show to a friend of mine who passed away last Wednesday evening. Actually, when I was on the air, um, she passed away, and uh, she passed away from cancer, and I just want to say cancer sucks. Uh, please donate to the American Cancer Society, and I just want to dedicate this show because I knew her because I grew up with her. She was my sister's age, and um, she was in the same musical theater group that I was, and we traveled all over the world um, in our theater group and so it's very fitting that I'm going to be talking about different places around the world tonight because I know that she's visited some of these very places um, and has traveled with me to some of those places and um, I just want to say that I'm dedicating the show to her to her memory um, and she leaves behind two children 18 and uh, 22 and a husband and uh, and her family. She has two brothers as well that are all in, in a, an amazing amount of friends uh, that are going to love and miss her. So, Wanda, this is for you. 
Um, we got the really sad news today as well that Jimmy Carter has been diagnosed with, with cancer as well. He had a recent liver surgery, which revealed that the cancer has spread throughout his body. And, um, you know, Jimmy Carter is actually one of my favorite presidents. I think he is a wonderful man, 90 years old. The man five years ago was in Haiti helping to rebuild. He has just done extraordinary work, and I am very, very sad to hear this news, and I really hope that he gets through this. Um, also, in Taijin, uh, China, tonight, there was actually a massive explosion and a blast in a major port city there. 180 people have been injured, and at least 13, as of before I went to Europe, have been confirmed dead. 11 million people who live in the area have been um, warned about keeping their windows closed because of possible uh, contamination that might be in the air because they're not quite sure what caught the, the explosion, how it was caused. So my prayers go out to the people in China who are affected by this. On a lighter note, well, not so lighter note, I guess. <laughs> in my book, it was not a lighter note. Deflate gate, just when you thought it could not get any more ridiculous. Today was the day that Tom Brady and Roger Goodell and the NFL got together in New York in a courtroom about deflate gate. And the funniest thing came out of the day was not the fact that they could not come to any sort of solution today, which I didn't expect. But, um, Tom Brady is breaking the internet, like really right now, because Jane Rosenberg, who is a court artist, sketch artist, seriously, if you haven't seen this, please go and Google it right now. She drew a picture of Tom Brady that makes him look like the ugliest man on the planet. And as we know, he's the most beautiful man on the planet. So I just think that after seeing her sketch, and she has since apologizing, she's sorry that she did not take the time to make him as good looking as he actually is. I think that I could possibly have a future in court sketching if that is what the standard is. Just saying. Um, really, it's really funny. So go, go, definitely go check it out. My prediction, uh, the NFL and Roger Goodell are not going to win this. I say Brady does not admit to any wrongdoing. I think his suspension is going to be lifted, and I think my boy is going to be on the field September 10th in New England and Foxborough, where hopefully my butt will be because I want to go to that game. And uh, so anyway, I want to see him get all the accolades because they'll be having the big celebration since they won the Super Bowl and they'll do the whole flag rising for the Super Bowl. So I really want to be there anyway. So go Tom Brady. Keep strong. Uh, Jennifer Aniston and Justin Thoreau got married in very, very secret ceremony. They thought everybody thought that they were going to his birthday party. Interestingly enough, all the girls from friends were at the wedding, but none of the boys were, uh, Matt LeBlanc and, uh, Matthew Perry were not invited to the nuptials. Um, that's a little bit surprising, but congratulations to her. Mazel tov. It's about time. It was a long engagement. You know, everybody wants every celebrity to get married like five minutes after they get engaged. Uh, Billy Joel and his wife had a baby today. Uh, about 2 o'clock this morning, his wife, Alexis, uh, had a daughter, and they called her Della Rose. Is that not the cutest name ever? Awesome. And The Notebook, which is one of my favorite movies of all time, which was by Nicholas Sparks. 
Uh, it may be coming to TV. It might be a series. And Nicholas Sparks actually has worked on the pilot. And uh, I think that would be really great if they do that. Uh, it would be very interesting. For those of you who are obsessed with reality TV like myself, if you're watching Big Brother, it's going to be a great week. It's double eviction week, and I can't wait to see what goes down there. And I'd love to know what, how all of you people feel about the whole Big Brother thing. Do you want Vanessa to go? Do you want Shelly to go? Who are you going to think is going to win? It's crazy. Uh, so what has me spellbound this week? Uh, lots, obviously. Um, I have to say my fashion icon of this week She's never been on my list before, uh, but I do love her so because she's on one of my favorite shows of all, all time that's ending after this season, which is just so sad, Downton Abbey. Uh, but uh, Joanne Froggett, uh, she looks simply stunning in a Victoria Beckham gown at the BAFTA tribute evening for Downton Abbey. Uh, she just looked flawless in this white gown. Uh, it was this gorgeous um, halter gown which had all this embellishment on the back with jewels with her hair down she looked gorgeous she looked like she weighed about 25 pounds but she's just a really tiny girl so I can't hate her for that but she looked fantastic um, and uh, the, embe the embellished straps on the back I, I'm looking at the picture so it's hard for me to stream but these embellished straps on the back were just absolutely stunning and uh, it definitely made her look exquisite. Um, but the b bad thing is this dress isn't even available. So if you like the dress, if you look it up, you're not going to find it because it's not even available, which happens a lot. But she looks stunning. So she's my icon for the week. And I have to give a shout-out to Michelle Dockery, who is also at the awards. She, won a she wore a beautiful black and white uh, gown, color-blocked gown, that looked stunning on her as well. And... Uh, so that's that. Um, my buffoon of the week, you know, it's kind of funny because I think this is going to be a trend because if I remember correctly, he may have been my pick from last week or who knows, but he's been my pick several times. Uh, but it has to go to since we last week, obviously, they had the Republican debates and uh, my buffoon this week is to Donald Trump. And the reason why I'm giving it to him is for his very unfortunate remarks that he gave to Megyn Kelly or made about Megyn Kelly as well as Rosie O'Donnell you know uh, I, I was very upset when he said made a reference to Rosie O'Donnell I was even more upset that the whole entire audience cheered and clapped in the fact that he called her really vile names um, misogynistic very degrading names and I didn't appreciate that I don't think that's something that you should celebrate someone saying those things I think it sets a very bad precedent um, but for Megan Kelly as somebody as myself who is part of the media I think that the questions that she asked is fair because you know you can't say those kind of things what kind of example does that lead you're if you want to be the leader of the free world if you're going to have that kind of tone are you going to go over to foreign countries and have that tone with other women that might not it, it's not acceptable and I, I think that it was a fair question so um even though i'm not a huge fan of megan kelly's politics i think you all know that um I do have to defend the fact that she actually asked that question. It's part of her job as a journalist. And um, so I, I kind of think that she didn't do anything wrong. And I don't think she did anything to warrant that kind of um, 
backlash from him and you know now it's this constant attacking and then he tries to turn around and blames her and says he wants an apology from her which I think is absolutely absurd and I think that any woman who doesn't agree with that I, I don't understand how you can feel that way I don't think that everybody needs to think about things the same way I do but I think if you're a woman for sure I think that you should be a little bit disheartened with his approach to how he approached the situation with Megan Kelly. So you, Donald Trump, have got my buffoon of the week once again. So there you go. Bella Vita. Stay with us to learn more about the latest beauty tricks of the trade and latest fashion trends before anybody else. We'll be back with more Live La Bella Vita right after these on Toginet.com. If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart sore? Now you can with Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Mondays at noon central, Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches Lessons in Joyful Living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. A hundred years ago, only about 10% of adults were overweight. But today, an estimated 61% of Americans are overweight. Yet we have the same genes as our ancestors. What's changed isn't our genes, but our lifestyle. Our lives have become more sedentary and our daily activity level has decreased for the days of our past relatives. We have loads of unhealthy processed food and easily accessed fast food. Ultimately, your behavior determines the number on the scale. If you choose healthy, low-calorie food and exercise, you can lose weight or maintain your present weight. Choose the right behaviors and reap the rewards of a healthy lifestyle. Stay active, eat light, nutritious food, and watch your health increase as your weight decreases. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. And from thence... I had great desire to see Italy, and came to Venice, and from thence to Florence, where I played before the Duke, and got great favors. If it's good enough for Sting, it's good enough for us. This is Live La Bella Vita on Toginet. If you love Italian food, you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, you love travel and luxury destinations and resorts, this is your show. It's Live La Bella Vita, all with an Italian flair. Now, let's get back to the show on Toginet. It's Live La Bella Vita 
And here again is your host, Dawn Catherine. And welcome back. This is Dawn Catherine's La Bella Vita show. And uh, I missed one thing in my Incatados before we went to uh, break. I forgot to give you my wine pick, which is actually not a wine pick, but I want to give you this really great recipe that um, I tried out and I think you will love it. It's a strawberry basil Moscato lemonade. If you love Moscato or you love strawberry lemonade, you are going to love it. Um, basically, it's super easy to do. You just need six ounces of Moscato, four strawberries or more. I like the strawberries. A teaspoon or teaspoon to teaspoon and a half of sugar, a couple of sprigs of basil, and an ounce of lemon juice. Basically, you're going to blend all the ingredients except the wine together, strain into a tall glass with ice, and then pour over Moscato and... You know, get yourself a little bendy straw and kick it back. It is fabulous and such a great thing. Like, I know it is hot out there. People, we are on fire in this country. It is hot, hot, hot in Texas. I know you're all dying out there. And in uh, Arizona, you guys are like in the hundreds and crap. It is just crazy. So get you some strawberry basil Moscato lemonade and have a night with it. All right, so... We are going to talk about some of the best European food festivals, um, not only this year, but our actually annual events that you go to. So if you find something or hear something that you like, you might not be able to get to it this year, but maybe you can research it and go next year or the year after because some of them are just fabulous. And one thing that all travelers have in common is a love of food. The love is so universal, it immediately breaks down cultural barriers. And the words of the celebrated American chef, James Beard, food is our common ground, a universal experience. Couldn't agree with him more. Go to a food festival anywhere in the world, and when you sit down with a group of total strangers, you feel a bond, even if you don't speak the same language. There's no other place on earth where you have the opportunity to sample so many unique foods and cultures as you do in the of food festivals across Europe. It is a bowl and base of countries, cultures, and cuisines that keeps you coming back to the table for seconds. This year, as last, we put together um, a list of best food festivals in Europe. I did the same exact thing last year on the show, but this one's just tweaked a little bit um, to add some different ones that we didn't have last year. Although many of these festivals are multi multifaceted, some have music and other things. Uh, the main focus is food. And uh, so some of these are, uh, have actually already passed, but like I said, you can maybe go and see them next year. But I didn't want to exclude any of them from this year just because any of them just because they've already passed for this year because you can look forward to them for next year. So in Belgium, we have Antwerp, which is the taste of Antwerp. Uh, it's held normally in May, known to the Belgians as Antwerpen Profet. This is said to be Belgium's largest and leading food festival. Last year, tens of thousands of people attended this popular culinary event. More than 25 restaurants and caterers from in and around the city offer an astonishingly diverse range of cuisines, ranging from classical Belgian French to authentic African and Japanese. And uh, again, that takes place in May. Check it out. It sounds like a really good time. Now, there's a shrimp festival in a city, I swear to you, that I know I cannot even pronounce. I tried to find out how to pronounce the name of the city. Nobody seems to know how to pronounce the name, but it's like Ostenkirk. 
they have this great shrimp festival. It's on the Flemish coast for a festival that heralds the fishermen who ride their horses into the sea to trawl for shrimp. This way of shrimp fishing is so unique, UNESCO recently added it to the world's list of intangible cultural heritage. At the Shrimp Fest held the last week of June every year, the catch is brought to the shore where it's cooked in any number of ways. Activities include a shrimp parade, who doesn't want to go to a shrimp parade, on the Sunday afternoon of the festival. So I think you should check it out. All right, so now we're going to go to the Czech Republic in Prague, Prague Food Festival, uh, which is held in May. Uh has celebrated its 10th uh, year. The festival will be held in the Royal Gardens at Prague Castle that fittingly were originally medieval vineyards. Some two dozen of the capital's best restaurants partake in the event, which last year was filled to capacity. It is Prague's gastronomic event of the year where you're offered appetizers, soups, main courses, desserts, and especially curated festival menu along with tasting booths for coffee, chocolate, wine, beer, and other delectables. Do you not want to go to Prague? I do. Sign me up. Now we're going to head over to Denmark in Copenhagen. Uh, Copenhagen Cooking, which is actually going to be taking place uh, in a couple weekends, August 21st to the 30th, to spread word of Copenhagen as a world-class gastronomic destination. The Danes have launched one of the biggest food festivals in Northern Europe. It is an open-source festival that profiles Danish gastronomy me by paying homage to its food culture, Nordic cuisine, and chefs from some of the city's leading restaurants. You'll find cooking workshops, wine tastings, and markets among the hundreds or so events that take place around the city. I think that sounds fabulous. We're going to go to Finland because Finland has the Helsinki Baltic Heron Festival, which takes place October 4th through the 10th this year. This is a bit of a niche festival, but it's an ancient tradition in Helsinki. Every October, fishermen bring their small boats to the wharf at the city's marketplace to sell their catch. All about the square, you'll find plenty of heron prepared in a variety of ways, as well as other Finn foodstuffs. The fair activities include a competition for the best herring dish and a race of traditional sailing ships. So it sounds kind of cool to me. Also, in Helsinki, they have the Taste of Helsinki, which was held uh, in June of this year. The Taste of Helsinki is the largest gourmet food and wine festival in the country, adding some unique to the food festival scene. At this festival, in addition to the other events, 12 of the best restaurants in the city, including three Michelin star establishments, prepare a picnic lunch for you. There's plenty of wine, champagne, and beer to go along with it. So if you're going to be in Helsinki in June, hopefully you'll be there for the Helsinki taste because it sounds like it would be great. So now we're going to make our way to France. And you got to know that it's always going to be good when you head over to France. October 4th to the 5th of this year, Hanfleur is going to have a shrimp festival held annual in one of the prettiest old ports in Normandy. The shrimp festival attracts thousands who come to town for the great shrimp peeling competition. I say they take this to Las Vegas where all the people are at the buffets, you know, the, you know they peel and eat shrimp. I swear those people that are Vegas staples. They can peel and eat shrimp like nobody's business. There are also concerts and arts and crafts market and plenty of sea shanties and old sea vessels gathered in port. In addition to crevettes and other seafood on the festival menu, you'll also find cheeses, meats, pastry, and bread, as well as plenty of 
Calvados and Cider. Okay, and of course there is a crepe festival because if you're going to go to France, you got to have a crepe. The Festa de la Crepe. If you're looking for a small town festival with a food connection on the last weekend of July, so you got to go to France next July, visit the Brittany town of Gorin for its annual crepe festival. Feast on crepes as well as galettes, the region's famous buckwheat pancakes, and watch the contest to cook the world's biggest crepe. That takes some talent. They're very hard to make. There's plenty of music and dancing and traditional costumes, as you might expect. And uh, I think you should check it out. There's also in Arles, there is the Rice Festival. During this three-day celebration, the old Roman city of Arles adopts a decidedly Spanish flavor with the running of the bulls through its streets and bullfights in the old Roman arena. There's also plenty of seafood paella cooked in the huge pans, as well as churros and tapas for sale. The festival celebrates the hard harvest of the region's distinctive Red carmage rice with parades, music, and men galloping about on local carmage horses. So that sounds pretty cool, too. So if you're going to be in that area, check that out. So we're going to go to Germany in Weimar, the Weimar Onion Market. Sounds crazy, but sounds really good. October 9th to the 11th, 2015, Munich may have its Oktoberfest, but Weimar, a small town southwest of Leipzig, has an onion market that is 115 years or older. It's a huge market with more than 500 stalls selling everything and every anything having to do with a popular bulb. There's plenty of other food, sausages, and drink too, along with entertainment through the city. So if you're in Weimar, go to the Onion Market. It looks really fun if you could see the pictures uh, of the festival. Now, you might want to head over to Great Britain next month, September 19th to the 20th, for the Abergavenny Food Festival, with 200 exhibitors from Wales and England coming together for cooking demonstrations, workshops, talks, tastings, and competition. Abergavenny has been called the biggest date in Wales gourmet calendar. Visit the five festival sites about town and try everything from Welsh onion bread to Herefordshire cider. Sounds really good. It attracts nearly 30,000 visitors and last year was the winner of Best in Wales in the National Tourism Award. So if you're going to be in Abergavenny, go check it out. And of course, in Brighton, uh, we missed this one this year but you got to go next year that's in the month of may the foodies festival is said to be the uk's largest celebration of food and drink now celebrate celebrates its fifth consecutive year of being a festival top chefs will show their skills in the chef's theater with wine beer and cocktails served in the drinks theater uh, this year that passed, they also had a feasting tent and a vintage tea tent that held daily tea dances, which how adorable is that? So when we come back, we are going to be talking about Bristol food, Exeter and Nintwich, uh in the UK. And then we're going to head over to Hungary and uh, a couple other places, Ireland, Budapest, Galloway, plenty of places. So I hope that you are getting as hungry as I am because this is making me super hungry. So we'll see you on the other side of the break. This is Don Catherine's La Bella Vita Show.
This is Live La Bella Vita. Stay with us to learn more about the latest beauty tricks of the trade and latest fashion trends before anybody else. We'll be back with more Live La Bella Vita right after these on Toginet.com. This is Uncommon Sense for Leaders, a forum for exploring leadership from the intellect, the heart, and the spirit. Whether you're a leader now or aspire to be a leader in the future, you owe it to yourself to learn about the big ideas that have shaped the careers of compelling communicators, masters of influence, and highly effective leaders. Uncommon Sense for Leaders. Tune in to hear thought-provoking ideas on every aspect of leadership. You can expect dynamic discussions with special guests, quick tips you can apply immediately for better results, and the tools you need to take you from where you are to where you want to be as a leader. Are you ready to crack the code for achieving unprecedented results? Then join the host for Uncommon Sense for Leaders, Catherine Carlisi, every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the All Business Radio Network. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. At any given time, millions of Americans are on a diet and on a quest to lose weight. Discovery Health says that the only way to lose fat is to consume fewer calories per day than your body needs. For every 3,500 calories that your body takes from its fat reserves, you lose one pound. You can create that deficit by monitoring and restricting your intake of calories alone. But I believe that the best approach is to exercise and cut back on your calories. By upping your daily exercise and scaling back on your consumption of calories, you are giving yourself a healthy balance that will pay off great dividends. So be sure to add daily exercise to your quest to lose weight. Health, well-being, and a slim body awaits you. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. Come bella gialla luna, brilla e strette, strette come butto, belle e già. Sotto celle de Roma. If you love Italian food, you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, you love travel and luxury destinations and resorts, this is your show. All with an Italian flair. It's Live La Bella Vita. Now, let's get back to the show on Toginet. And here again is your host, Don Catherine. And welcome back. It's Don Catherine. It's the La Bella Vita show. We are talking about some of the best European food festivals out there. And we are in the lovely UK. And we are talking about um, this great one that will be held next year in 2016 in the month of April, the Exeter Food and Drink Festival. It's held in the courtyard of the Exeter Castle and the surrounding Northern Gardens, right in the center of Exeter. The festival also includes two festival after dark events featuring live music and chef demonstrations. So check that out if you're in the area. The Nantwich Food and Drink Festival, the wide ranging festival, brings together producers from Seshire, Wales, the Marches, and the Northwest. Uh, England. Set in two main venues and smaller ones scattered about the town, it has tastings of beer and wine, sausages and vinegar, foraging walks, cooking uh, cookery decorating demonstrations, jam judging, even a cocktail workshop. I love to go to that. And at the last festival, the Man vs. Burger, the burger being a five-pounder challenge was popular. There is no way in hell I could eat a five-pound burger. No way. 
not happening. All right, so we're going to make our way to Hungary to a city that I cannot pronounce because seriously, you just can't. And but they have a sausage festival there, um, and uh, it's B E K E S C A S A B A. Um, I can't pronounce it. Try to figure out how to pronounce it. Nobody knew. I did try. But this is a festival about three hours by car. Southeast of Budapest celebrates the paprika-spiked Hungarian sabai sausage. The highlight of it is the sausage-making contest in which about 500 teams compete. There are also traditional pig feast meals, a stuffed cabbage-making competition, folk music, and a wine festival. Tracks about 10 to 20,000 visitors every single year, so it sounds kind of fun. 500 people competing in the sausage-making that's kind of funny to me. They also have a gourmet festival. And, oh, by the way, that's in October 22 to the 25th of this year. If you um, happen to be in Hungary, go check it out. Budapest, the gourmet festival, which happens in May, the last part of May, if you enjoy Hungarian gastronomy. This is the festival for you, according to the organizers. Almost the entire list of the top chefs in Hungary will be at these festivals, including those from the countryside as well as superstars from Budapest. The aim of the festival is to allow people to sample all of the country's best restaurant in one place. I'm telling you, these are like great events to go to if you want to try lots of different things from the the country that you're visiting. Okay, so we're going to get a little luck of the Irish and head on over to Ireland, Dublin's Taste of Dublin, which was held in June in the stunning Ivy Gardens. Taste of Dublin brings together the top shelves of Dublin and Ireland. There are interactive master classes, live entertainment, and more than 120 artisan producers, restaurants, fashion, special meals, and starter-sized dishes for the festival, and it looks amazing. If you happen to be in Galway, the Oyster Festival is coming up September 24th to the 27th. The Irish know how to party. Yes, they do. And they throw down one of the largest in Galway every September. It's said to be the most internationally recognized Irish festival after St. Patrick's Day. You can down countless pints of Guinness and beer while consuming copious amounts of oysters and other seafood. It all kicks off with a traditional parade on Friday in continues with the World Oyster Opening Championship and music and parties throughout the weekend. So if you like your oysters and you like some Guinness, go on over to Galway Oyster Festival. It sounds like a great time. And I'm telling you, those Irish people know how to throw down. Okay, now we're going to head back to uh, my other heritage because, you know, I'm a little bit of Irish. We're going to go back to my other heritage, which is a little bit of Italiano. We're going to go to Foliano. Uh, the first of Italy, which takes place next month, September 24th to the 27th. This festival takes place in the Perugian town of Fuliano and is all about such classic Italian food first as pasta, gnocchi, soups, and rice. It's a lively festival that includes tastings, demonstrations, master classes, and even the creation of traditional medieval foods for sampling. It also embraces some quirky food events such as pasta sculpture and food clips from classic movies. So check out the first of Italy in Fogliano. In Alba, we've talked about this before, the International White Truffle Fair, the Fiera del Tatufo, is October 11th to November 15th. Alba is a small Piedmontese town that comes alive every October for the Truffle Fair. It's a major event for it, which some of the world's most famous chefs fly in for the annual truffle auction. The auction is an invitation-only event where the exotic truffles can go for more than 12 
$100 a pound. Beyond the auction, it's a festival that showcases food of the Piedmont, including roast pork, salami, polenta, etc. Manja, molte bene. Oh, so good. It makes me so hungry. All right, so we're leaving my fair Italy, and we're going to go to the Netherlands. So we're going to head on over to Amsterdam next May for Rolling Kitchens. For one long weekend every year in Amsterdam, gourmet food trucks roll into the city's uh, Westergasverick Park and turn into a huge open-air kitchen. You'll find a variety of food, including Indian cuisine, suckling pig, and American barbecue. Add music, dancing, and ride for the kids, and the whole event takes on an atmosphere of a country fair. Sounds like fun. They also have the Taste of Amsterdam, which happens in June. It's for four days, and uh, there's eating and drinking along with entertainment as 15 of the city's best restaurants cook and dish up their finest in alfresco gourmet feast. Restaurants offer special menus and starter-sized dishes, and there are interactive programs if you're into it. So if you happen to be in Amsterdam in June, check it out. All right, so we're going to head on down to Portugal, beautiful country telling you in Porto Mayo the sardine festival now I'm not a fan of sardines but if you are if you love sardines the sardine festival on the Algarve may be your nirvana here you'll find countless sardines charcoal grilled and dusted with sea salt with a side of potatoes perfect to down with a cool crisp vino verde while competitive eaters can enter the festival's sardine eating contest never going to happen with me. Everyone can enjoy the music when the festivities morph into a music concert at 10 o'clock. Sounds like fun. The Seafood Festival at the Grove is a Spanish town in Galicia on the Atlantic coast near the Portuguese border. It's not a big town, but every October, which this year it's October 2nd to 11th, it hosts its one of Europe's biggest food festivals dedicated to seafood, including shrimp, crabs, clams, scallops, even barnacles. And chefs compete to come up with the most innovative mussel dish. It's all infused with a lot of dancing and folk music. And I love me some mussel, so I would love to be a judge for that mussel dish. Be kind of cool. We're going to make our way up to Sweden, Stockholm. The Swedes build farewell to spring at the beginning of June when they host a taste of Stockholm. Six wonderful days of food and music that attract hundreds of thousands of people. About 25 of the city's best restaurants set up outdoor stalls in the King's Garden Park, where the taste of Stockholm Food and Drink Festival proves that there is more to Swedish cooking than just little meatballs and ligonberries. But damn, those little Swedish meatballs are so good. Love them. All right, so then also we have in Switzerland... Gruyere's Cheese Festival. Love Gruyere cheese. What better place to sample Gruyere cheese than in the little medieval village of Gruyere itself, northeast of Lake Geneva in Switzerland. And what better time than at the annual uh, festival? It's a one-day festival. It is now in its eighth year. It's in May. It serves up its famous cheese amid the fanfare of alpine horns, music, and flag throwing. There are cheese demonstration and regional handcrafts for sale. And I'm telling you, it's a beautiful little place. Switzerland is one of my favorite countries. Love it. It's so gorgeous there. And in Lugano, they have an autumn festival, the Festa di Antuno, October 20th. Second to the fourth, so it's coming up. Ticino, the Italian-speaking region of Switzerland, because as you know, it borders with uh, 
Switzerland, Italy does. It celebrates its grape harvest every year with a huge street food fair in Lugano. In addition to performers and street musicians offering traditional entertainment, you'll also find stalls offering roast pork, risotto, gnocchi, polenta, minestrone, and other Cicini's specialties. And of course, there'll be plenty of vino delicioso. Sounds good, right? So check out the Lugano Autumn Festa, the Festa di Ottino. I think you'll love it. So when we come back, there's, you know, some other ones, too, that I want to just before we go to break um, that I just want to mention that we don't have time to talk about. But uh, there is some really great there's a pancake festival that's held in February or March every year in Moscow. Um, in New Delhi, India, which is held in July, there's an international mango festival, which sounds so much fun. <laughs> um, then, of course, it just, we literally just missed it, but in Maine, they had the lobster festival in Maine, which is like so much fun. San Francisco will have a food festival actually on the 15th and 16th of this month, which is like a really great festival that's coming up, so you should check that out. Uh, there is, of course, the Oktoberfest in Munich, Germany, if you want to get your beer on. And uh, that is taking place September 19th to October 4th. The LA Food Festival is coming up August 27th to the 30th, so check that out. They have some great cooks coming, uh, some really great chefs coming. And then Simona, uh, Sonoma has its really lovely food and wine festival up there in wine country and that takes place Labor Day weekend September 4th to the 6th so I think you should check that out as well and if you're going to be in Thailand uh, November 28th to the 29th check out the Monkey Buffet Festival it looks like it is a lot of fun and if you happen to be in uh, London December 4th to the 6th check out the lovely chocolate festival that they're going to have it sounds like it is like unbelievable so check it out so when we come back we're going to be talking about some of the best food and wine festivals that you can see actually right here in our own good old us of a so check it out when we come back on the other side of the break stone catherine it's the la bella vita show we'll see you on the other side La Bella Vita. Stay with us to learn more about the latest beauty tricks of the trade and latest fashion trends before anybody else. We'll be back with more Live La Bella Vita right after these on Toginet.com. Bésame, bésame Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. 
All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff. And find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. It's words you never heard. Don't you just hate it when you push on a public door that clearly says pull and end up running into the glass with your head? Of course, I'm assuming that I'm not the only one who's done that before. Hey, push, pull, they each have four letters. Did you hear about the would-be thief in Chicago who tried to break into a bar, but after jimmying the lock, a webcam captured him haplessly pushing for several minutes, even though the door sign said, pull? What's a word taken from the German language that means the pleasure derived from the misfortunes of others? Schadenfreude. The literal English translation is harm joy. There's another word in German that means to feel embarrassed for someone else. It's called Forensham. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and Words You Never Heard has been brought to you by the Bariatric Surgery Center of Dallas. If you love Italian food, you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, you love travel and luxury destinations and resorts, this is your show. All with an Italian flair. It's Live La Bella Vita. Now, let's get back to the show on Toginet. And here again is your host, Don Catherine. Hey, welcome back. It's Don Catherine. It's the Bella Vita show. And before we, I tell you a little bit more in depth about some of the festivals that are going here on in the States, I just wanted to go over something that we went over last week, which is the Orange Festival in Ivrea in Italy, which is, you may know um, if you listened to the show last week, it's held every February for three days um, on the weekend before Lent. And it's the Orange Festival, the uh, Ivrea Orange Festival, which is also called the Battle of the Oranges. Uh, It's a northern Italian city with a long history. The festival commemorates the bravery of a young woman, Violetta, um, or the miller's daughter, who resists the advances of a local duke and cut off his head, after which the local people attacked the duke's palace. Later, when Italy was under French occupation, the festival became a symbolic reenactment of a local uprising against the French army. Each year, one young woman is selected to represent Violetta, and officials such as the general and the Magnifico Podesta, or guarantor of the city's freedom. Oranges came to represent the stones thrown by the protesters in this festival is today the largest food fight in Italy. With nine teams, some on foot representing the townsfolk and some in carts representing the French army or local tyrants, indulging and throwing oranges against each other. Strangely, oranges are not locally grown in the area and have to be imported into the city for the festival. During this visually and gastronomically delightful festival, visitors and participants can also enjoy the local cuisine, which includes boiled sausages, pork rind, cod with polenta, and beans. Spectators are required to wear a red hat, 
of Barreto Frigio, which indicates membership of the revolutionary team and might save them from being hit by oranges. I think that's how I might have to go if I ever go do this. The city's buildings are draped with nets, so if anyone is traveling with children, it's safest to stay behind the nets for protection, or if you just want to not get pelted with an orange, you might just want to stay behind the nets too. So I just wanted to tell you about that because I found some that interesting because I really wasn't sure exactly. I know that I've talked about the history before, but I had left it out of last week's show. Now, I also wanted to say about this pancake festival that I mentioned earlier that's celebrated um, throughout Ulture um, through Russia with the biggest events being in Moscow but the festival actually is also observed in, in the Ukraine and Bulgaria. Um, and it's held every year in February or March for seven days. Um, the next one is going to be, I believe, um, the 16th to the 23rd of February of 2016. It's a traditional Russian holiday, celebrates the end of winter and the coming of spring. It's also known as Butter Week or Pancake Week. The festival spread over several days, has festivities that include the preparation and consumption of pancakes. And who doesn't love them some damn pancakes, people? The golden brown round-shaped pancakes are said to represent the round yellow sun that has emerged after the cold, wintry days. The piping hot, crisp, golden brown pancakes are eaten along with butter, jam, fruit preserves. And for, the old, for those of us who may have a little bit of expensive taste, some caviar. Other festivities include bonfires, traditional Russian songs and dancing, fireworks, puppet shows, riding on swings, sledding, etc. The last day of the festival is called Forgiveness Sunday, asking for the forgiveness of God to be liberated from wrongdoings before Lent. I think it's a really great little culture, a little great festival and a little great tradition that they have there. Um, if you happen to be headed down to Down Under to Melbourne, Australia, Every February, March, uh, they have a food festival that celebrates the culinary traditions of Australia. It's fresh from produce, it's meat, and it's wine. With more than 200 events spread over a fortnight, that's two weeks, the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival is a food lover's delight. Events are held across Melbourne City and in Victoria to celebrate the highlights of Australian food. The food festival consists of regionals, regional world's longest lunch, a signature event that exhibits the strength and diversity of the state's wine and food to its audience. It manifests the spirits of the festivities initiative. Uh, it's been held for 20 years, this festival, and the celebration just keeps on getting bigger. And... Uh, Let's see. Oh, and I talked a little bit about the um, International Mango Festival, which takes place in New Delhi, India. It's held every July. Uh, it celebrates the king of fruits. The delicious mango is seen at the festival in all its glory. It started, it's a new tradition, started in 1987. The festival attracts more visitors with every passing year who come to see the range of succulent mangoes on offer. Prizes are awarded in various categories to mango growers and producers at the conclusion of events. Believe it or not, there's 550 varieties of mango. 
And uh, so there's mango eating, ton- mango eating contest where contest- contestants try to eat as many mangoes as they can uh, in a limited time. That's a lot. Mangoes are hard to eat, so that's going to be a, a feat. Uh, but they do have remarkable chefs from five-star hotels from the Marriott India Taj Mahal Palace and Tower and the Sheridan Claridges, etc. And it's a really cool thing. Um, Let's see. In Lima, Peru, uh, this coming September, and uh, this coming September, it is going to be, I believe, the 5th to the 14th. Uh, They have the largest festival in Latin America. It includes Peruvian food, Amazonian food, Creole, Chervais, Cervecha. They actually have Chinese Peruvian fusion. I think is cool in a Japanese Peruvian fusion Uh, and this year's event will be the 8th food festival and it focuses on eat delicious food, eat nutritious food eat Peruvian food and they have coffee and chocolate stands, a bakery that offers more than 50 types of bread and grilled meat and great brandy, it's amazing sounds so good Uh, and Peru was declared the best culinary destination in South America for the third successful year at the World Travel Awards in 2014. So they're doing something right in Lima, Peru. So I really am, it seems like it's such a diverse place to get such a really cool flavors. I mean, Chinese Peruvian cuisine, that's going to be like amazing. And Japanese Peruvian, I would really be very interested to know what that is exactly like. So it's held in Costa Verde, in Magdalena del Mar in Lima. So if you happen to be headed to Lima, Peru next month, go check that out. Of course, we talked about Oktoberfest last week. Go on over to Munich to check that out. Um, And I started to tell you about the London Chocolate Festival, which is going to be taking place from December 4th to December 6th this year in Isenton, London. It started in 2009. The London Chocolate Festival has grown to become the largest chocolate event in Britain and is now held at an indoor venue in the Business Design Center. And it offers a chocoholics heavenly experience. Just that right there makes me want to go and book a ticket to London right now. Uh, So you can get uh, chocolate. Go to a chocolate cafe, which offers... Delicious creamy hot chocolate, a hot chocolate trail, a Christmas zone. It features a giant Christmas tree decorated from top to bottom with chocolate. I need to take that home with me. And a health zone where visitors can try raw chocolate and learn about the antioxidant properties and health advantages of consuming chocolate, as well as indulge in a luxurious chocolate spa. The chocolate market and food and drink circle Christmas market offers visitors the perfect opportunity to buy their friends and loved one delicious chocolate gifts for Christmas. So I really want to go to this because it sounds pretty amazing. So I am going to tell you coming up in the coming months what is going on in our good old U.S. of A., Coming up, uh, September 10th to the 13th, the Las Vegas Food and Wine Festival will be going on. If you happen to be in the Hudson Valley area in Rhinebeck, New York, September 12th to the 13th, they are going to be having their food festival. The Virginia Wine Festival is happening September 12th to the 13th in Fairfax County. And the Kentucky Bourbon Festival is taking place September 15th to 20th in Bardstown, Kentucky. 
the Great American Beer Festival in Denver, Colorado takes place the 24th to the 26th. And on September 25th to the 27th, the Newport Mansions Wine and Food Festival in Newport, Rhode Island, my home state. Awesome. Check that out. September 25th to November 16th is Epcot Center's International Food and Wine Festival at Disney World. And if you've never been, you should go. It's a lot of fun to eat around the world and get drunk around the world in one place. It's really good. And you can hire a taxi to take you home. So there you have. October 15th to 18th, the Food Network New York City Wine and Food Festival is going to be going on. October 28th to the 30th, the Denver International Wine Festival in Denver. And uh, the Fire Flower Fork is going to be taking place in Richmond, Virginia, October 28th to November 2nd. Uh, then, of course, the Wine and Spirits Top 100 takes place in San Fran, October 20th. The Wine Spectre, Spectator New York Wine Experience takes place in October. And Taste of D.C. actually takes place at the end of October, the dates I do not have written down. Apologize for that, but it's taking place at the end of October. In November, you will find the Big Sur Food and Wine Festival in Big Sur, California, which is one of the most magnificently beautiful places on the planet. November 5th to the 7th, uh, Flavor Nappy, Napa Valley in St. Helena, California will be taking place March 20, uh, March of 2016. It's normally in November, but they've changed the date to March of 2016. So if you want to get a flavor of Napa Valley, Take a chance, book a flight, head on over to Napa. And uh, they have the Food and Feast of Colonial Virginia in Jamestown, New Yorktown, Virginia is going to be taking place in November as well. So uh, lots of stuff going on. So I hope that you loved the show. I hope it encourages you to go and maybe plan a vacation around food and wine festivals because there's lots of culture that's going to be happening. You're going to learn so much about the culture of a particular city or country by going to these events. So I really think that you'll enjoy that. Um, I know that I want to go to the chocolate festival. My producer wants to go to the chocolate festival, and I can't say that I don't blame her. Um, I want to thank her for her always doing such a great job producing this show for me. We'll see you on the other side. Thanks. Bye-bye. Time to say goodbye. Thank you for being a part of